Huge news today for the entire cryptocurrency industry as XRP has won its court case against the SEC. The implications for this are absolutely massive. We're going to be diving into that. Also, I have six reasons for you why we are so back, baby. Some very interesting information about really what is happening in the crypto industry and why we are shaping up for some pretty interesting times. Also, some really big altcoin news for you from Polygon to Polkadot and more. So make sure to stick around and get all of the goods. Top story today, it's XRP, baby. XRP holders, you have been validated. Finally, you have won the court case against the SEC. We're going to be diving into this. But holy cow, if you are an XRP holder, dude, dude, it's about time. Seriously. So congratulations to all the XRP holders out there. You know I'm not an XRP holder myself, but I've been rooting for Ripple to win this court case. I'm happy for the XRP holders. Today's your day, guys. Enjoy it without a doubt. So very, very big things happening here for this court case. So XRP is not a security, according to U.S. courts. We'll see if the SEC ends up trying to challenge this again, but they wasted a lot of time and a lot of money fighting Ripple over this. At the end of the day, the courts said, you know what? The XRP asset is not a security. Therefore, go pound sand, SEC. This is a very, 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 very big story because the implications for this are absolutely freaking insane. They're absolutely insane here, guys. So this is a situation where this could be the spark. And I know we've had a lot of sparks recently. The Bitcoin ETF news from BlackRock and stuff. That was, I don't know, not a spark, a hand grenade thrown into the market. This Ripple news, also not just a spark, much more than a spark, I would say. So very, very exciting stuff here with this Ripple case. So Paul Grewal, uh, he's the head attorney for Coinbase, saying uh, we've read Judge Torres' thoughtful decision and we've carefully reviewed our analysis. It's time to relist. Yes, Coinbase is relisting XRP. XRP is coming back in a serious way to U.S. markets. Uh, XRP Gemini, I believe as well. Maybe not Gemini. Kraken definitely said they are relisting. I think we'll see most major exchanges that have uh, exposure to U.S. markets enable XRP once again for trading. So we're about to see the entire U.S. market get very deep access and liquidity once again to the XRP asset. Very exciting stuff for XRP. And of course, XRP is going crazy, crazy, crazy today. And I, I love this uh, meme here from Crypto T. So it really sums up the emotional situation we've been going through the past six months in crypto. One minute it's over, next minute we're back. Next minute it's so over. Oh, next minute we're so back. Oh, it's freaking over. Oh, we're freaking back. Oh, it's so freaking over. Oh, we're so freaking back. It never even began. We never left. It's been quite the emotional ride for investors. Seeing all the crazy going out, one day it's complete doom and gloom on the timeline with lawsuits and all the other crazy stuff. And uh, next minute, hey, things are looking pretty optimistic again in the cryptocurrency market. So you got gotta love seeing it. And of course, this today was basically just a big fat middle finger to the SEC. And that is the XRP handle today it was an absolute banger of a candle, taking the price from about what, 45 cents up to almost a dollar. 
today, huge, huge volume as traders and everybody just aped into XRP. And of course, XRP bought the entire market up with it. We saw not just XRP taken off. We also saw a lot of altcoins catching a lot of bid. Uh, ETH cracked over 2000, et cetera, et cetera. So the market is looking at this and going, whoa, this is really big news, not just for XRP, but for the entire cryptocurrency industry. That is the thing to keep in mind here. Very exciting for XRP. Super exciting for the entire cryptocurrency industry. Have a look here too. This is the chart for Bitcoin. See Bitcoin right down here. Man, we're just struggling to get over this line right here. You see, this has been resistance back on June 23rd, back on July 3rd, back on July 6th. Uh, we failed to close the daily candle over that line today. But this area is mega, mega important because that is where we ran into that resistance back in June 2022, where we tried to have this rally was smashed back down. It also is a key area of support back in mid-2021 and a key area of support after the initial breakout uh, for the last bull run back here. So this 30K zone for Bitcoin, mega, mega important. Once we cross over that, it could really light things on fire and help us get up to that 48K target, which I've been talking a lot about for uh, the 2023 target. So Bitcoin didn't move too much off of this XRP news. XRP went crazy. XRP went crazy. Some altcoins also went a bit exciting because the implication here is that a lot of altcoins are not going to be securities. More on that in a second. Now, if you are a trader, you got yourself an account over on Bybit. It is the best place for trading crypto. If you want to do futures, they got crazy good spot markets. They've got super popular copy trading service. And if you use that link down below here, then you will be eligible to get up to $30,000 in trading and deposit bonuses. So go ahead and check that out if you are a trader. Let's get the, the bookmarks cleaned up a little bit here for you. Take that off. Okay. Space on the screen there. <clears throat> so the implications here are massive. So that's from Credible Crypto. Who remembers Kick and Kin after hitting all-time highs in 2017 boom? Kin was hit with an SEC lawsuit in June of 2019 for raising $100 million at an unregistered security offering. Sound familiar? On October 20th, 2020, about a year and a half later, it hit its all-time low, down 99% from its old high. Three days later, the lawsuit concluded and Kin began a mega rally that sent it up 50x in the six months that follow. The XRP rally is just getting started, so strap on in now. I don't think XRP is going to do a 50x. That's a bit optimistic. But XRP could finally have the space to have a run, right? It's so crazy. Last bull run happened. And because of this lawsuit by the SEC, XRP holders didn't get a fair shake in the last bull run, right? It, XRP did not even get close to those previous all-time highs, despite being an asset that is so broadly invested in and loved across the entire cryptocurrency space so yeah definitely i think this opens up a lot of potential for xrp to have some real price action moving forward and that's from cameron winklevoss he said the sale of xrp on exchanges is not a security which means that the sales of all cryptos on exchanges are not securities and that the sec and gary gensler have no jurisdiction over them this is a watershed moment that regulate uh, relegates the SEC to TradFi and makes it a dinosaur regulator. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's the implication here, right? The implication is that 
all of these cryptocurrency networks that the SEC is going after right now, that it means the sales of these on cryptocurrency exchanges, it doesn't constitute securities. That means that the SEC has been overreaching. So as Chris Berniski points out, if XRP isn't a security, then ETH isn't a security. I mean, ETH is definitely not a security in this situation by any means, by any means, ETH is not going to be a security in this situation. Now, they've made a lot of claims against a lot of different cryptocurrency networks, Cardano, Binance, Solana, Matic, Cosmos, Filecoin, ICP, and many, many others. In fact, here's a big list of different coins that have been deemed to be securities by the SEC. And look, a few of those probably were. Something like Paragon coin was uh, pretty bad, pretty bad, right? But a lot of these are decentralized networks. A lot of these decentralized networks have very big ecosystems, very big communities, very distributed networks. They're run by uh, developers and foundations. They're not run as for-profit companies. So this SEC ruling today could have cleared the way for things like Solana and Polygon and Cardano to also not be securities and potentially for the SEC to get itself in a whole bunch of trouble as we could see lawsuits coming in from these cryptocurrency projects arguing that the SEC has hurt their businesses or not their businesses, their networks, right? And the value for people invested in these coins. Well, we'll see how it plays out here, but it's very, very interesting nevertheless to see this big smackdown for the SEC by U.S. court, the big win for XRP here, and the implication that it has for all of these other coins that are currently being claimed to be securities by the SEC. But I'll tell you what, if XRP is not a security, then none of this other stuff is too. Then none of this other stuff is too. And Ethereum is definitely not a security. They can't even provide a halfway decent answer on that. Again, remember, just that, that scene of Gary Gensler in Congress being asked, can you say if Ethereum is a security or not? And he's just like, uh, hand was shaking and stuff. And I was like, man, Gary, Gary, man, come on. You got to find a new job, buddy. You're not, you're not very good at this whole uh, regulating the cryptocurrency industry thing, man. Holy cow. Uh, Emperor BTC pointing out here, this is the most bullish macro event in the last two years, to put it calmly. Because it means some very, very big implications. It means that the entire altcoin industry is going to have to basically have a, a big clear runway to go crazy, right? One of the big, big fears that we've seen over the past year, really, is that all these altcoins are going to be deemed securities. And look, there's still a lot of stuff to play on the courts. Today is very exciting uh, for XRP holders in particular and the entire cryptocurrency industry. But we still have a lot of lawsuits play out. We still have a lot of SEC suits to play out. We still have a lot of things going on in the background. So it's not over yet. I'm sure the SEC is not going to completely take this lying down and that they will be coming back. However, it's a big victory and the implications of that victory could again be the spark that lights a massive market fire and sends all of our bags to the moon. Right? There you go. There you go. All of our bags to the moon, please. And of course, this all comes on the back of Bitcoin ETFs. Uh, this opinion here, ETF filings could inject $30 trillion into the Bitcoin market. That's according to Bloomberg ETF analyst Eric Balkunis. The approval of Bitcoin spot ETFs could bring a lot of cash into the market. That's a pretty optimistic estimate. $30 trillion. Holy cow. But, but the reality is the Bitcoin ETFs, when 
they are approved. And this probably even puts more heat behind the reality of Bitcoin ETFs getting approved. But when we do get Bitcoin ETFs approved, it's going to be big damn news for the markets. And that'll probably send Bitcoin on some crazy 50% daily candle or something like that. It will be massive. So watch out for that. That's going to be the next big, big news thing potentially here for markets coming up. So the altcoins are clear to run. Bitcoin ETFs are coming. User rates remain super high. We had the highest number of daily active users back in May on chain, right? Bitcoin accumulations going crazy. A lot of things are starting to line up here. So very, very big news. Very excited about all of this stuff. So let's let's pump all of our bags to the moon, guys. Let's 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 get on it. Let's get on it. Okay. Now the next topic I want to dive into with you here. See, there's some big things happening in this XRP news. Very, very, very big. But beyond the XRP news, there's some very interesting things happening in the cryptocurrency industry right now. And these are just some recent stories. We've covered a lot of stuff like this over the last six months to a year. All these little things starting to add up, starting to put the blocks in place, the building blocks in place for a new massive market cycle to play out, right? Bull runs always come back. It's only a question of when they do and how long the bear markets last. Right now, it seems like we're heading in the direction of, wow, we got a lot of very positive things lining up for a, a massive market run to come. So let's take a look at this one first here. Europe just got its first Bitcoin ETF, which is a pretty damn big deal, right? EU's kind of a big deal, right? This is the third largest economy in the world, if you count the EU as a whole. We have many members in the EU, France, Germany, for example. They are massive economic players in of themselves. So this is pretty damn big to see a Bitcoin ETF getting released for European markets. Now it's in the USA, right? This is a massive, another massive catalyst, right? Now to be clear, Europe has had Bitcoin exchange traded notes for a while now. Slightly different. But here we go. We got a Bitcoin ETF uh, coming to Amsterdam's exchange some point in the near future. So it was set to debut last year, but now it's going to come out this year. So a bit delayed, but hey, hey, Europe's getting a Bitcoin ETF, man. So that's pretty damn exciting to see that happening finally as well. That can bring a lot of money into the market. Don't, you know, third biggest economy in the world, the EU as a whole. So pretty damn big deal there. Then the American Bitcoin ETFs will come, really sets it up for a pretty crazy 2024, I think. None of this stuff has immediate overnight impact, right? Takes a while for these stories to really play out and have their full impact on the market. This one here, yearly absorption rates from shrimp to fish. This is something we've talked a bit about before, but this time is different, as Oliver uh, points out here. There's something truly massive brewing, something epic. I believe that when it hits, it's going to shock the world. Look at this. You are being outstacked. Get to work and stack harder, he says. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting, right? See, in previous cycles, we've seen peak stacking happen at peak market prices. I mean, look back here to 2017, right? Back in 2017, we had the biggest amount of stacking happening right at the market peak, right? That's when most retail traders were getting in. And we had a good amount of stacking at the peaks for Bitcoin as well. But what is super different this time 
is that we've had an incredible amount of stacking happening during the bear market when prices are massively down. For the past six months, we've seen all unprecedented, actually, literally is unprecedented stacking of smaller accounts aping into Bitcoin in a massive way. And it's not just Bitcoin. Bitcoin is representative of the entire market. Something to understand. We've seen massive buying for Ethereum. We've seen, again, massive on-chain activity for blockchains right across the way. This bear market has been the most active of any cryptocurrency bear market in history. The amount of users who stayed here is absolutely ridiculous. And that's proven by on-chain data, right? That's not just me saying it. That's just me saying, hey, look at my tweets or whatever. No, that is real on-chain data that is saying this. It's very encouraging because if it's this busy now, wait till we get a crazy bull run kicking in, man. Holy cow. This one here from Charles Edwards, despite trading at $30,000, Bitcoin has the same relative value opportunity today's Q4 2016. Price continues to trade below global average production cost at 36 Hey, Now, this is a very, very interesting statement because essentially what Charles is saying is that buying Bitcoin now is the equivalent to buying it Q4 2016. Now, if you weren't around uh, back in those days, late 2016, the price of Bitcoin was what, a thousand bucks and went up to $20,000 about a year later, right? So that was the start of the parabolic phase for that 2017 bull run. So we could be in a similar situation. At least this is what the, the, the data is showing us right now. Pretty interesting, pretty interesting, right? Also, we have this very big story here and this is uh, from Senator Cynthia Loomis. So today, her and Senator Gillibrand, they're reintroducing landmark legislation to create a federal regulatory framework that allows crypto businesses and crypto investors to prosper in the United States while protecting consumers from bad actors. Man, the USA so desperately needs to do this. I hope that they do it sooner than later, to be honest, because it has just been way too long of the USA dragging their feet or, you know, not even just dragging their feet, having literal uh, sabotage attempts. I mean, the, the current White House administration, they hate crypto. They've been working very hard to try and screw crypto investors. In spite of the fact that, what, one in five Americans that owns crypto or something like that, they don't care. They're not here for you. They don't like you. They're quite happy to destroy you financially because they're there to protect the banks. They want to protect JP Morgan. They want to protect BlackRock and Goldman Sachs and all their buddies, protect the U.S. dollar. They're not interested in you and you getting rich. That doesn't serve them. That doesn't help them. No, no. So that also is a, a thought that this may not pass, unfortunately. Nice to see it happening. And we're going to go over what this bill is all about. However, realistically, in the current climate, I would imagine that if this did come across President Biden's desk, that he would veto it, which is unfortunate, but he is you know, beholden to Wall Street and beholden to the dollar industrial complex, let's say, and they are relatively anti-crypto innovation, which is unfortunate because it's a massive miss out for America, massive loss for America. All this business is going to Hong Kong, it's going to Dubai, it's going to the UK, it's going to France. Everybody's got the doors open saying, hey, American developers, hey, American companies, come here, come work with us, set up shop here. Water's real nice, hop on in. 
Anyway, Lewis Gillibrand, Responsible Financial Innovation Act of 2023 fact sheet. So it would do the following. Places crypto assets within the regulatory uh, perimeter. Recognize that crypto assets are here to stay. Uh, two, fully regulates crypto asset exchanges, requires crypto asset exchanges to register with the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. So treating them as commodities. Three, safeguard consumers, creates guardrails to prevent another FTX-style event from occurring through strong custody and lending limits. Number four, promotes responsible innovation. Crypto assets will be a part of the future of finance, and America must continue to lead the global financial system. Five, securities and commodities, upholds the Howey test governing the presence of an investment contract. Number six, combats the use of crypto assets for illicit finance, establishes an interagency law enforcement working group. Seven, requires payment stable coins to be issued by depository institutions, so creating a stronger regulatory framework for payment stable coins to be issued by state or federal banks and credit unions. And number eight, appropriation and taxation updates tax code enabling crypto industry to fund its own oversight. Good and bad there, good and bad there. But the thing is, is even good and bad, you know, a mixed bag, uh, say, of legislation actually getting passed is a positive thing because it actually provides clarity. Once clarity comes out, it's like, hey, well, at least we know what the rules are now. But the current situation with the SEC is we know the rules, but we're not going to tell you, which is ridiculous. They don't even have the rules. They can't tell anybody what the rules are. They're just making it up as they go and suing everybody to try and see what happens, see what the courts say, because they don't want to do anything. Pretty ridiculous situation we have right now. And these kinds of regulatory actions in the uh, in the USA would be really, really good. So, yes. Now, by the way, before we get into the next stories and the next things that I think are really indicating a very big cycle brewing up, if you're not yet subscribed to the Wealth Master newsletter, you got to get signed up. And it's a free newsletter. By the way, you can join our 80,000 weekly readers. We talk about altcoins. We talk about the biggest news happening in the market, uh, airdrops, DeFi, NFTs, and much, much more. The best newsletter in crypto, and you get it free to your inbox three times a week. Link down below where you can check that out. Let's talk about the dollar index. Let's talk about the dollar index here. So, very interesting what we're seeing with the dollar index, because the dollar has been cratering absolutely absolutely cratering for a variety of different reasons but the dollar is heading down pretty strongly here you can see currently it's broken under 100 for the first time in a very very long time last time we were talking about the dxy we were talking about how it's got this important zone of support here around um you know 100 to 101 nope broken right through that finally this was sort of the final rally. The downtrend has continued. It never put in any higher highs. It's just, it's cooked. It's looking pretty cooked right now anyway. And what does that mean? Why does, why are we talking about the dollar index falling down? Well, of course, because this is good for risk assets. Check out this chart here from uh, Will Clemente. Since everyone's talking about the DXY's weakness, here's Bitcoin's price plotted against the year-on-year -year change in the DXY. Very, very interesting to see here because the blue line, that is the price of Bitcoin. So we can see a pretty strong correlation. We have massive, massive run-ups in dollar strength. It tends to correlate with Bitcoin bear markets. That was true back in 2015, 2016. That was true uh, to an extent in 2019. Uh, that was true as well in 2022, right? And now when we have lows or 
falls in the dollar strength, that tends to correlate with massive rallies for Bitcoin. So for example, Bitcoin peaked in 2017, just a few weeks before the DXY bottomed. Uh, similarly, in 2021, we saw Bitcoin peak right around the same time that we saw the dollar index hit its bottom. So they're kind of inversely correlated and a falling dollar index is good for risk assets. And we've seen the the money flowing into stocks in particular. Tech stocks are up big time. NVIDIA just hit an all-time high. Apple cracked over $3 trillion the other day. Huge money flowing into the tech space in terms of tech stocks and tech equities, right? But now that we have this clearance potentially from the SEC, where the SEC has lost their XRP case in court, then that means that we could really see a lot of money starting to look for risk in the crypto asset space. So very, very interesting. Also, we have to calculate here for the inflation situation. So core inflation, uh, CPI inflation has fallen down to 3%. It was below the expectations of 3.1%. Core inflation down to 4.8% below expectations of 5%. First time the core CPI is coming below 5% since December 20. 21. That's pretty big news, right? Because falling inflation means that it's a lot less likely we're going to see more interest rate hikes from the Fed. The pressure is going to be really on strong right now to say, hey, we got to stop the interest rate hikes because the inflation is down to 3%. Remember, their target's 2%. They even said in the past, well, if we get back to 3%, it's kind of good enough. Well, back to 3%. And 2%, that could be next month, right? We are very close to hitting their 2% target. And so if inflation has been tamed, as it seems to have been so far, then the argument to make more rate hikes really doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, the Fed might do it anyway because they want to break more stuff. They're Now they're intent on, well, we got to get ready to lose their jobs, lose their houses, lose their cars, lose their families, and uh, you know destroy the economy. Maybe, maybe. But it puts a lot less likelihood that we're going to see a much more aggressive a stance from the Fed moving forward. So that fall down in inflation is very, very big news because this inflation monster has been with us for quite a while. We've gone down from 9.1% down to 3% in what, seven, eight months or something like that? It's been pretty fast, but it's a damn big story. And that is, again, the kind of fuel that the market needs to really kick off and go crazy. So it's a good thing to see. Very, very good thing to see. And of course, 2023 has been crazy because in spite of the bearishness, oh, we were all bearish. We were all bearish back in December. Who who wasn't bearish back then? We were still buying. We're still clicking that buy button on Bitcoin, right? But it's pretty crazy times back then. But in spite of the constant calls for, you know, mega Armageddon recession is coming. The end of times is coming, et cetera, et cetera. Stock markets have been pumping like crazy all year. Inflation's going down. Stock markets have been going up. It's been a very interesting time. And one other thing that I want to mention around these uh, six reasons that things are getting pretty crazy out there in crypto land is this story. So Google Play changes its policy on tokenized digital assets, allowing NFTs in apps and games. Super interesting story, because essentially what this means is that we can see all kinds of games starting to get released on mobile phones. 
most people use their mobiles basically all the time. And so if people can start playing crypto games on their phones that they can get in the Google Play Store and, you know, increasingly in the uh, Apple Store as well. Apple still is the way to go on this whole conversation, but still, they've made some inroads. When that happens, everybody's got a phone in their pocket, man. Everybody's got a phone in their pocket. And now everybody's going to be, be able to start playing blockchain games where they win NFTs and they win free tokens. They have to download wallets and they have to buy a little bit of Solana. They have to buy a little bit of uh, whatever else it might be. So this is a very big story in terms of opening up the floodgates to more mainstream adoption for the cryptocurrency industry more broadly. So very excited to see that story coming out here as well. Now, I want to discuss with you this is very big news. We've had some very, very big altcoin news that I want to cover with you. We've had big Polygon news, big Polkadot news, big Ave news, GMX news, big new layer two news from Mantle and others. So we're going to dive into this. So altcoin heads, let's get into it because there's been some very big things happening in the altcoin scene recently. I want to start off by talking about Polygon. Our old buddy, Matic. Well, Matic is maybe not going to be called Matic pretty soon. So the proposal for Maddox technical upgrade is subject to approval from Polygon community. Once approved, Maddox upgrade to a multi-purpose token result in renaming it to Pol. This is from Sandeep uh, Nailwall. He is, of course, the uh, founder of Polygon. So I'll read this for you here. The Pol proposal is out today. In case you missed it, Pol is proposed as a third generation native asset. First hyper-productive token where one, validators can validate multiple chains. Very interesting. Two, chains can offer multiple roles and corresponding rewards to validators. So different roles will be sequences and validators, uh, aggregators for interoperability layer, data availability for cluster operators, decentralized provers, and three, it'll be used for governments. So 1% is proposed for emissions for validators of this multi-chain ecosystem for 10 years, and after that, it will taper down to zero. However, the community can push back this tapering down, furthering it after the first 10 years so as to avoid a BTC-like security funding crisis. 1% is also proposed emission for a community growth fund, which enables Polygon ecosystem to be competitive against new infrastructure uh, tokens launching every year with fresh unspent ecosystem treasury. Over time, no protocol can sustainably spend more than 1% of the total supply yearly for growth without hurting the tokenomics, resulting in level uh, playing field for all protocols, old and new. These are going to be the building blocks of Polygon 2.0, the value layer of the internet, infinite scalability, unified liquidity, powered by the fastest, most efficient ZK technology out there. If the community reaches consensus to adopt it, Matic holders will have their tokens upgraded to pull at a one-to-one -one ratio. You can see here how that structure is going to work, where we have the staking layer, we have Polygon Supernats, we have Polygon ZK EVM, and Polygon ZK EVM Validium. So this is a major, major announcement here for the Polygon ecosystem. Remember back in, what was it, early 2021 or late 2020, when Polygon rebranded from Matic to Polygon, it started huge, huge run. I mean, I know it was the time in the market too, but I mean, holy cow, Matic went real crazy, real fast. This new rebrand, this new functionality for the token could be a big deal. So definitely something if you are a Matic holder, be paying very close attention to, be paying very close attention to because... Polygon has remained a major, major blockchain in the space, a, a major player when it comes to getting dApps and users and partners. So don't fade Polygon, guys. I'm paying a lot of attention to this one for a while. And even though I'm not currently holding Polygon, still got a lot of love for me. You know, it's funny, too, because 
when you sell a crypto asset and you make a bunch of money, people aren't always happy about that fact, right? For example, I sold my Cardano. I love Cardano. People think I don't like Cardano. I love Cardano, man. Let's not talk about Cardano. I've got 50x of my Cardano. I love it. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. My uh, Polygon, geez. Polygon, big, big bucket loads of money. Fantastic. Love it. And, you know, this is the thing is once you have familiarity with those assets, once you know those assets, once you become, you know, up to date on what they do and you follow them along and stuff like this, you can always rebuy them later. See, this is the thing that a lot of people don't understand. You can sell at one point and then rebuy later and you can move in and out of different assets over time. You don't have to only ever buy and hold everything until the end of your life, right? You're going to die with your big bags of Polygon in your hand. You're like, it was a great ride. I'm glad I never, ever, ever sold anything. I'm dying in terrible poverty, but I never sold anything. And that's awesome. The community's going to love me for that. Taking the keys to my grave. The supply just went down. Guys, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to sell and make money on your assets. And, you know, that also, again, when you sell, it doesn't mean you can't buy back in later. It doesn't mean you can't still be interested in the technology or use the blockchain, right? I use Polygon's blockchain from time to time still. I've got like, I don't know. 20 or 30 Matic tokens, right? Because I need them to use my wallets. And so they sit there in my wallets as gas. Now, big announcement for Polygon, but also a very big announcement here for Polkadot 2.0. So this is a very interesting story. So Polkadot co-founders talked about the blockchain's upcoming Polkadot 2.0 version during event. Although hasn't done a lot for Polkadot's price. So Gavwood announced Polkadot 2.0 during his keynote speech at Polkadot Dakota 2023. While doing so, he stressed upon a change in vision for the upcoming version. He explained that the current lease model for cores would be replaced with a system selling core time. Polkadot 2.0 will provide developers with greater flexibility by allowing for two sorts of sales, bulk and instantaneous. Very interesting. Uh, Co-founder Robert Habermeyer stated in the interview that the update will turn the Polkadot blockchain into a block space. In order for projects to expand and succeed, Habermeyer emphasized the significance of optimizing block space usage, which would facilitate simple initial deployment and ensure scalability without incurring excessive costs. This is big news for Polkadot. In fact, I was just talking about Polkadot recently, uh, basically saying that I don't love the uh, whole model here. You know, it hasn't worked out super well, that the hype ran down real fast after the first half dozen parachain auctions. People kind of stopped paying attention and uh, not that much happened ecosystem-wise for Polkadot in terms of maintaining that hype, right? However, this could change things for the DOT tokens. So when I finally get my parachain tokens released back to me, I will take a look and think about a bit more before uh, selling that position. So, hmm, very, very interesting. I'm excited that Polkadot's still out here doing stuff. I mean, look, Polkadot's been delivering a lot throughout the bear market. It's one of those coins that definitely has maintained a bear market builder mentality. So, you know, I've still got some pretty big polka dot bags. I still have uh, some pretty big polka dot positions, particularly Moonbeam. I think Moonbeam still has great potential. Got a huge bag of that sitting around staking. So we'll see how that goes, of course, in the future bull run. Hopefully it gets some good traction and then I can sell it for giant profits. That's the, that's the idea anyway, right? big news as well from well uniswap and avalanche put them together here uh avalanche you guys know i've been bullish on avalanche for a while i think they're one of the blockchains is doing all the right stuff again a bear market builder all these chains we're talking about here bear market builders right these guys are coming out of the bear market 
stronger than ever. So Uniswap is now live on the AVAX chain. So Uniswap, despite its many flaws, we could say, I use Uniswap all the time. I just think that there's better exchanges out there. Like Trader Joe, Trader Joe, I love Trader Joe. It's such an easy exchange to use, providing liquidity there is like such a nice experience compared to Uniswap. But anyway, I digress. Uniswap does remain the king of decentralized exchanges at this time. Having that first mover advantage is a damn big deal. Uniswap just released their V4 recently, which is you know, definitely something really big for them in the market. But now they're coming to the Avalanche chain. So Uniswap now is on most major chains and expanding out to Avalanche. So welcome move. So very good to see. It's positive for both of them. Great for Uniswap to have more accessibility across chains. Great for Avalanche to have the biggest decentralized exchange coming onto their chain. Now, if only Uniswap would do something to make their token useful. You know, maybe... Maybe the SEC ruling or losing, I should say, versus XRP, maybe that'll allow someone like Uniswap to actually say, hey, maybe we can finally implement some kind of utility here for our token. Because the Uniswap token, in case you don't know, it was initially envisioned to provide 5% or 0.05%, a small fraction of, of money, but still back to token holders. Now, had you held your Uniswap tokens from then until now, and had you been getting that little bit of money for your tokens, you would have made bank, man. You would have made truckloads of money during the bull market. It would have been crazy. It would have been absolutely crazy. But because Uniswap, rightfully so, is terrified of the SEC, they never implemented that for token holders. So the Uniswap token remains a near useless governance token, although, you know, narrative alone can can definitely hype up good old-fashioned governance tokens. Uh, Aave Dow, Aave, of course, the king of DeFi here, one of the biggest borrowing and lending markets in the decentralized finance world. They are going to vote on their GHO, their Go stablecoin, their Ghost stablecoin, uh, to finally deploy that on Ethereum. So Curve Finance, big competitor here in the space in the DeFi land, they recently released their uh, curve stable coin, so CRVUSD, and Ave is going to soon be releasing the GHO stable coin. I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, Lark, not another stable coin. Yeah, I know. I know. But these are stable coins being released by the biggest players in DeFi, right? So even if they only have high functionality within, you know, stable swap, curve finance situation, whatever, they still have a lot of value. And the market does like collateralized stable coins, right? Not UST stuff that's, uh, you know, unbacked, right? But actual collateral backed ones. And that's why Maker's Die has been so successful because, you know, it's all backed up by money, right? They have real water assets. They have US Treasuries backing it up. They have Ethereum backing it up. They have a very clear, smart contract system backing up that money. So this could really be good for the Aave token because all the fees from the GHO stablecoin or maybe not all of them, but certainly a portion of them are going to be going back to Aave token holders. So that's pretty cool. GMX. GMX. Now, we talked about this one a lot in the newsletter. Um, and it's been cr- such a crazy, crazy token. Of course, making a lot of money for stakers, but also it had a great run in of itself. But they got their V2 coming up. So these kind of major updates for already existing popular protocols like GMX can really have a lot of uh, 
impact on the token price moving forward. Now, one thing I'd like to say about GMX is that the amount of competition in the perpetual swap scene has exploded. I mean, GMX is now just one of many. Of course, we've talked about gains trade here and in the newsletter. Um, we have lots of others that have come out, whether it be Vela or 10 or 15 other perpetual swap exchanges. Everybody chasing the success of the early movers like GMX and gains trade. So we'll see if anybody can come out and do better than those earlier movers. But so far, the earlier movers have built a pretty good moat. They get a group of loyal traders on board, so on and so forth. So very interesting. I think that a V2 could definitely be something if you are a GMX holder to be paying attention to. Now let's talk about layer twos here. So particularly about BitDAO's uh, mantle. So Bybit, they're releasing a layer two for the Ethereum network. They already have like 83 different dApps built on it. Uh, the main net's coming out and they have $200 million backing it up. A lot of money. Now the BitDAO itself has like $3.2 billion and the BitDAO uh, is being basically put in charge of the Mantle ecosystem. So it's going to be pretty, pretty interesting to see how that plays out. I know the layer two scenes getting busy, right? I know it is. We have Optimism and we have uh, Arbitrum and Metis and we have Linea launching soon. And we have, uh, I don't know, so many others, so many others, but, but pay attention to the well-funded teams, pay attention to the teams that are getting builders and developers to show up, whether it be through, you know, paying them to show up or people to show up because they want to show up, right? So this is one I'm paying attention to. Of course, you know, I'm a Bybit affiliate, been a, been a fan of them for a while. We do have a sponsored video coming with Mantle here in the near future. That's not a sponsored segment, though. Just mentioning their $200 million uh, fund here because it's a lot of money. This is a bear market fund, right? $200 million bucks for their Layer 2 network. The Layer 2 wars are far from over. And even though Arbitrum has definitely cemented itself very strongly in the number one position right now, that's not necessarily a given in the future, nor does it mean that we can't see other players like Mantle come in and get serious market share from them. And of course, we're going to see a lot of expansion. As more users come in, we're going to see more users not going to layer one Ethereum where you're going to have to pay $100 to make a swap on Uniswap when the market gets hot. No, we're going to see them go up to layer twos. They're going to be on Arbitrum. They're going to be on Optimism. They're going to be on Mantle. They're going to be on Linea. They're going to be on Base. They're going to go with the apps art they want to use, and they're going to go where they find incentives to use, right? And in other layer two news, Coinbase's Base launches mainnet for builders and will onboard users in August. So Linea, the one from Consensus, the layer two from Consensus, they're launching next week. Mantle's just launched. Coinbase's base launching in three to six weeks, let's say. So coming very, very soon. So we're going to see a lot of very interesting things happening here. And look, when it comes down to these layer twos, the layer two tokens themselves have the chance to do pretty well. One thing I would watch out for and am watching out for as an investor is finding those early movers, the early decentralized finance money protocols. I look at like Radiant Capital and Arbitrum went crazy, right? Uh, looking for some of those early movers in terms of like the decentralized exchanges. A lot of these will probably end up having their own kind of native exchanges, right? Ones where that's, that's the first mover on that chain, on that layer two, and it goes crazy, right? So 
to be paying attention to these different things and potentially even to be try looking to farm airdrops because there probably will be a lot of airdrops on all these things like ZK Swing Sinks uh, Sync Swap doesn't have a token yet probably going to do an airdrop. So if you provide liquidity over there, one thing I'm doing personally, you might be eligible for an airdrop too. A lot of opportunities out there to make money in crypto and we just keep getting more new opportunities. So keep paying attention because the money is out there. Now let's let's take a few minutes now to answer your questions. So hi to everybody in the chat. Sorry, I know I've just been, you know, monologuing here for a little bit, but I've been seeing the comments coming through. So thank you very much for showing up to the stream. I appreciate everybody who's taking a bit of time out of their day to listen to me talk about crypto. I love you guys. So thank you very much. And of course, if you have some questions that you would like me to answer for you or to throw my opinion on top of, do let me know. You can throw those in the chat now. A shout out to everybody. Shout out to Spencer New York. Shout out to Jesse. Shout out to Walking with Pause Dog Training and everybody else hanging out in the chat. I've been seeing you guys chatting there. So thank you for hanging out and having a good time. And I just love seeing it. I love seeing you guys getting to hang out and chat with everybody here in the community. It's absolutely freaking awesome. So do put in any questions you want me to share my opinion. I'll hang out for around uh, 10 minutes or so and um, answer a few questions for you guys. Cano Kingdom, is it worth keeping money in Coinbase stock currently? Well, I can't tell you whether to buy or sell your Coinbase stock, Cano, but I can tell you what I've been personally doing. Um, I've been buying Coinbase stock. Look, I bought it high last year, right? I bought a lot more during the bear market. I was buying more at 50, 60 bucks. And now it's over $100 today on this big news. Yeah, I mean, I'm holding mine. I think that it's going to do very well. Uh, during the coming market cycle. Again, I can't tell you what to do with your Coinbase stocks, but I'm personally holding mine. Uh, I'm not buying any more right now at this current price. I'd love to see a bit of a pullback, maybe to 60 or 70 bucks. I don't know if I'll get it. If I don't get it, well, I've already got a big fat bag of Coinbase stocks, so I'll be fine, but I would love to see it pull back. And if it doesn't pull back, well then, you know, hey, fantastic, making some money then. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, Fast Abdul, what do you think of Richard Hart's pulse chain? Uh, I'm not into that personally so i wish everybody who is invested in that to make a lot of money i wish you all the best uh, but not not for me personally cura from new zealand hello essential hello hello fantastic um brad why did you move to new zealand that's a fascinating question i've been in new zealand for a very, very long time um and long story short my mother uh married a new zealander so that was a long time ago we came down and have kind of been on and off since. I like New Zealand. It's a pretty, pretty chill place to hang out here. So um, if you ever have a chance to visit, guys, New Zealand's a very nice little country. Far off, long way, though, the flights are a real killer. That's probably the, the worst thing, to be honest. I hate the CCP. What do you think of Gary Ginsler's next move? Hmm. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That is a very interesting question. I have no idea what his next move is going to be, but I, I don't imagine they're going to just say, well, we lost the XRP lawsuit, therefore we're not going to do anything. I think there's not just Gary. You have to understand, it's not just Gary Gensler, right? There is an entire machine behind Gary in the Congress, uh, in the Senate, um, you know, in the White House. And the White House is like super anti-crypto. So he's getting his marching orders from somewhere, right? He's just the guy carrying the, the banner of I, I hate crypto, but he's not the brainchild necessarily behind all this so I, I doubt the u.s government's going to give up that easy although the courts may keep slapping it down so they slapped it down once we can hope that they're going to slap it down again so fingers crossed on that sammy fascinating question connected to any companies or governments no 
I am not connected to any governments and I'm not connected to any companies, except my own personal companies, of course. Uh, strange question, but uh, yeah, I'm not connected to any companies. It'd be strange. Strange, I suppose, if I was. Um, of course, besides, you know, the occasional sponsor or uh, channel affiliates, stuff like this. But that's that's about it, I guess. What will happen to Solana with the SEC case now? I mean, look, I think any of the assets that have been deemed to be securities in lawsuits or have not been deemed to be, have been accused to be securities by the SEC, I think they're all going to be doing a happy dance right now because if XRP's not a security, these ones probably aren't either. Muhammad, what is your price prediction for XRP? I have literally no idea. <laughs> there, there you go. But I would say about XRP is that, man, it's damn time for XRP holders to get a bit of relief because for them to have uh, come out here, the SEC, and to have targeted SEC, uh, XRP for such a long time, like it did a massive disservice to all the XRP holders here. So, you know, but that that being said, I would just say if you are looking to FOMO into XRP right now, just use a bit of caution. Use a bit of caution, right? These kind of crazy pumps can, I mean, it's gone up, what, 80% today or something like that. So just use a bit of caution, guys. Use a bit of caution. Come on, you know, don't try to FOMO too much. Keep keep things in mind for my stop losses and all that stuff if you're trading it. Et cetera, et cetera. Smorgasbord, smorg. Did you buy XRP? I did not buy XRP. I'm not an XRP fan. You know, and that's, I, I, I know that's something that's really hard for maybe XRP bag holders to accept for some reason. But, uh, you know, I support Ripple in the case. I, um, you know, am happy if XRP holders are making money, but I don't personally hold XRP. And I'm not planning on personally holding XRP. It's just not my jam. And, you know, it's funny because like, but why can't you hold XRP too, Lark? I don't want to hold every cryptocurrency in the world, man. And what XRP's goals in the world are don't necessarily align with what I want to invest in. And that's fine because I'm allowed to do that. And you're allowed to invest in what you guys want to invest in. And I, and I cheer you on if you're making money in this market. This is something sometimes you'll get uh, uh, confused, like, if you guys are making money, I am so happy for you. I want you to make money in this market. And just because I don't invest in the coin that you invest in doesn't mean that your coin's bad or anything. That just means I'm not investing in it. And that's okay. You can't invest in all coins. There's like 10,000 coins in the market, man. So if you guys are making money, I am definitely cheering you on. And if you're an XRP holder and you've made XRP uh, money with XRP today or you've traded XRP and made money today, good for you. Kill it, guys. Absolutely slaying it. And I'm happy for you. You know, we should be out here celebrating each other's successes in this market, and we don't all have to invest in the same stuff all the time, right? You can see value in something that I don't see value in and vice versa. And that's okay, right? Okay. We'll do a couple more questions here real quick for you guys, and then we'll finish up. Um, but um, what we got here? Do, 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 do. Coinbase stock. Now, I just talked about the Coinbase stock. Uh, a minute ago, I, I can't tell you where to buy or sell or if to buy or sell at all. But like I said, personally, I would like to see a pullback. But if I don't get a pullback, not too worried. Uh, Francis Hunt says XRP will hit $24 in the next bull run. Do you agree? I have no idea. I don't have any uh, tax, uh, any um, uh, price predictions for XRP. It's not an asset that I follow closely enough um, in terms of looking at the charts and doing price predictions to have a strong opinion on it, to be honest. 
So I, I don't know, maybe somebody else is following that a lot closer and they've got better price predictions for you. One thing that I would say is that had it not been for the XRP lawsuit previously, I imagine that we would have seen XRP hit a new all-time high in the previous bull run. And the only reason that it didn't is because of the XRP lawsuit and that a lot of US money simply was not aping into XRP. So now that that's opened up for aping by uh, US investors, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, is New Zealand a good tax-friendly country for crypto? Not in particular, no. I wish it was. I wish it was, but it's not particularly awesome for it. So uh, if you think about moving to New Zealand because of uh, tax friendliness towards crypto, it's the wrong place to go, man. It's the wrong. Go to Dubai. Go to Dubai. <clears throat> uh, what do we got here? Thomas Driscoll, five, $589 XRP. $580 XRP. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the number, right? That's, the, that's the, the fantasy moon number that a lot of, uh, you know, moon boys have been bantering around for quite a bit. I wish you luck. I wish you luck. <laughs> All right, last question uh, for today, and then we'll uh, we'll finish up for today. Uh, Jay Stevens, two twelve. Are you holding any proxy investments? Um, I guess the only proxy investment I'm holding, particularly related to crypto, is uh, Coinbase stocks. Right, so I've got a pretty good allocation of Coinbase stocks in my stock portfolio. I'm not holding any micro strategy. I'm not holding any Bitcoin miners. Um, the brokerage that I use here in New Zealand to buy stocks doesn't list a lot of those kinds of products, unfortunately. And they actually just delisted um, uh, marijuana stocks the other day. So they like forced sold those for me. It was that was great. Anyway, um, but yeah, so that's the only one Coinbase. I would potentially hold other sort of proxy stocks, but uh, I haven't really got into anything. I feel like I'm so deep in crypto already. I don't need more exposure. I mean, Coinbase just seemed very tempting for me. So I have been um, buying Coinbase for the past year or whatever. So like I said, watch for a pullback on that personally. If we don't get it, say it'll be my bags are packed and I'll see you guys on the moon. All right. That's it from me for today. I appreciate everyone for popping into today's live stream. Really lovely seeing you guys here and we'll see you in the next stream remember we do this uh monday wednesday friday most of the time around 1 30 in the afternoon new zealand time so that if you guys are on the east coast that'll be uh sunday tuesday thursday evening for you okay peace out guys and we'll see you next time <laughs>